are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this Wednesday, February 3rd edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and the search is finally over. Apparently, the Dolphins uh, have reportedly settled on offensive coordinator filling the void left by Chan Gailey's resignment four weeks ago, and it is not one but two coaches that are apparently, reportedly, according to ESPN, Cameron Wolf and Adam Schefter, stepping into the void, those two coaches being the same two coaches who effectively used the Senior Bowl as a tryout last week and, and an on-job uh, performance appraisal uh, for Brian Flores. George Godsey, the tight ends coach, uh, who served as the quarterback's coach through the back half of 2020, and also Eric Studsville, the running back's coach and run game coordinator. So this report came out yesterday afternoon, and I saw all of you, my apologies, asking for an emergency podcast and break it down and uh, talk me off the ledge and what's going on and I get it, and, I, and you know, unfortunately, with draft season, uh, the demands of scouting players, as many players as we scout over at TDN, I didn't have the chance to do an emergency pod, but I like having the chance to let this digest a little bit anyway, uh, because this is very against the grain, but only at the professional level. Ironically enough, one of the Dolphins' other candidates to fill this offensive coordinator position, uh, Tony Elliott from Clemson, Elliott served as the co-offensive coordinator at Clemson after Chad Morris was hired uh, at SMU in 2014, and he shared that job with wide receivers coach Jeff Scott through 2020 when Jeff Scott was hired at South Florida. So this, this model can work, and it can work at a high level. It just hasn't been charged with happening at the professional level. And and that's, I think, where I take my inspiration uh, to kind of process this and Brian Flores's decision. And Do we get excited about this? Do we get apprehensive about this? I'm not going to mark this as DOA. And I know that that's a lot of fans are, oh, my God, they couldn't get anybody to take this job. What does that say about Tua? What does that say about the Dolphins? What does that say about the candidates? I know I mentioned this yesterday, but I looked at the offensive coordinator list of, of candidates, and, and Mike Daniel, who took the promotion within San Francisco, would have been an intriguing hire for the Dolphins. I don't think schematically he'd have been a great fit versus the Shanahan tree versus what the Dolphins' personnel has assembled. I look at Tony Elliott, and, and you know there, there's some appeal there. Uh, I'm curious if he would have been charged with coming in uh, with the same focus of being a co-coordinator. I'm curious if this was always a part of the cards and maybe that's why they didn't have luck landing somebody. And listen, Brian Flores, his staff from top to bottom, it's all about collaboration. He delegates. And if he wants to have separate entities that are responsible for the run game and the pass game, which I think is where we, we should draw the lines here between George Godsey and Eric Studsville. Studsville's, Studsville's already the run game coordinator for the Dolphins. Leave him in that role. 
Let them be co-offensive coordinators and let George Godsey run the play concepts from a, a game planning and scheme perspective. And yes, there's going to have to be collaboration for play action passing, and they're going to have to decide who calls the plays specifically. But in the grand scheme of things, these two guys are working together on the game plan from start to finish throughout the course of the week. They've already identified what their money plays are going to be for that critical third and six, for that first and goal from the three. And I think as as Dolphins fans, we have to not look at this template from NFL teams don't do this uh, to college teams at times do do this. So how do you talk with Tony Elliott and Dabo Swinney and, and and talk about the dynamics of how that worked at Clemson? And a lot of the best coaches, they, they find ways to bring concepts from outside the norms into their own building. A good example of this that I think of, the Baltimore Ravens and how they chose to build around Lamar Jackson and, and say what you will about their postseason success and Lamar Jackson's ability as a passer, but... They went above and beyond to crowdsource to college programs across the country after Lamar's rookie season so that they could bring in all of these concepts, option concepts, spread concepts, RPO concepts, and put them into the playbook so that they could have an optimal scheme built and system built for Lamar Jackson to cater to his strengths. So if you have George Godsey, and Eric Studsville, who are co-collaborating on the game plan, and I don't really personally care about the semantics of, oh, well, it's third and three, and Studsville wants to run, and, and Godsey wants to pass. They're going to have it figured out. It's not going to be a free-for-all. It doesn't work like that. But at least from a scheme perspective, a game day perspective, you allow different eyes to fall on different parts of the box, and the secondary. What are they doing in coverage? And you get two sets of eyes to look at, critically, separate pieces of your offense and how it operates. And for a coach that has very clearly proven he likes to delegate, he likes to let his coaches coach, he likes to let his coaches take care of their business, letting somebody worry about the running game specifically and not have to worry about the entire big picture – I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. These coaches are on Brian Flores' staff because they don't have egos. Because they're not going to sit here and stomp their feet and pound their fist on the table when they don't get what they want. Because if they were like that, they wouldn't be on Brian Flores' staff. Am I guaranteeing you that this is going to work? No, I'm not. I think there's some appeal to keeping things within house not changing the system, keeping the verbiage the same. I think this will be a common theme with with Dolphins throughout the course of Brian Flores' tenure is as they have coaches that quote-unquote graduate, I would expect they will continue to promote from within as much as possible uh, unless you're going to make a a drastic change. You know, if you're going to change your defensive principles which the Dolphins aren't because as long as Brian Flores is there, they're going to run this style of defense. If you're going to change your quarterback, perhaps you can go out and justify, okay, we're we're going to bring in a different kind of uh, personnel 
and we're going to bring in a different offensive system to push the ball in different ways. And, you know, that would have been like the Harold Goodwin hire would have been a pretty drastic departure coming off the Bruce Arians tree versus some of this West Coast offense terminology we heard the Dolphins staff using last week on the television broadcast in Mobile. Those are big discrepancies. So if you have coaches that are in your program that you know coach and teach the way that you want to teach, continuing to have that culture buy-in, keeping everybody rowing in the same direction, not having to put your players through a brand new download and get used to new terminology. I'm sure there will be new concepts introduced. They're not going to be hard and fast, uh, but they're going to carry over a lot of what existed in last year's playbook. And conceptually, I would imagine you'll get a lot of those same things. I don't know that you're going to get the same kind of quote-unquote freelance route running that Changeli's system promoted. Uh, Godsey spent several years as uh, the offensive coordinator two seasons in Houston, 2014 and 2015, and had abysmal quarterback play in DeAndre Hopkins. And you know, DeAndre Hopkins really made his impact as an NFL receiver uh, once he kind of got into O'Brien's offense and they, they started running these option routes and side adjustments. And, and I would expect we'll probably have some of that that is extended into this offense instead of, hey, it's all timing-based, so you just got to be at this spot at this time, and we don't really care how you get there. That's pure speculation on my part. But I would expect you'll, you'll get a little bit more structure. We've already talked about the needs of catering your personnel to the strengths of your quarterback. So Tua Tungvalo, we're going to need separators. We're going to need guys who win early. We're not really going to be looking for three or four, six, three, six, four guys that you know will, will beat you up and can take a little bit of extra time getting off press of the line of scrimmage. And as long as they're at the top of the route, when the quarterback's back foot hits his drop, the ball's going to come out anyway. Well, no, we need guys that win early. None of this changes uh, what the blueprint moving forward is that somebody tweeted me and say, you know, it's a good thing. There's two of these guys because they got a the lot to fix on offense. You know what they have to fix? They have to get better personnel. You got to develop your offensive line, your young offensive line that had three rookie starters on it. You got to get better wide receivers. The tight end room is coming off the most productive tight end room performance in the history of the franchise. You got to get better running backs. You got to develop the offensive linemen that are on the team, and you got to get better wide receivers. And the quarterbacks got to play better. So I don't think this is all bad. And I understand again. I understand the skepticism. I know Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald uh, has his skepticism. I'll, I'll pull from his reaction to this news. Uh, Flores has earned the benefit of the doubt on his coaching decisions because many of them have worked his first two seasons on the job. But he has lost the benefit of the doubt on his coach hiring decisions because so many have failed his first two seasons on the job. For example, Gailey was hired to come out of retirement at 67 to mentor a rookie first-round quarterback. How could Flores believe that dynamic was built to last? This latest decision, it marks the third time in three years Flores fills the offensive coordinator job. He has filled the offensive line coach position four times. Okay, well, do we want to get into the dynamics of being hired at the middle of February and being the last coach to get a job. And obviously every other position being filled, your assistant options are 
by and large, picked over a great deal. Um, so I, it's hard to blame him for Chad O'Shea. He has to bring somebody he knows. He brought him from the New England staff. You know, if you want to even include Patrick Graham, Patrick Graham got hired somewhere else to be in demand as a defensive coordinator. So I think that carries some merit. And the Giants' defense didn't look half bad last year. I'd argue they looked better than Miami looked in 2019. Chan Gailey, I'm not convinced as we come off the heels of the 2020 season that Chan Gailey's hiring was not more meant for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I know when the, the news first happened, I kind of looked at it from a okay, horizontal spacing to a tongue of a low, et cetera. But Armando's not wrong in that that's not a sustainable model. But lest we forget, this is a coaching staff who makes every decision with trying to win today. Brian Flores wasn't trying to hire a coach who was going to be here for his offensive coordinator for the next five years. He was hiring the coach, and he made the hire before they drafted Tua Tungvaloa, or any rookie quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick was his starting quarterback at the time. Ryan Fitzpatrick was his starting quarterback to open the season. Ryan Fitzpatrick was his starting quarterback in October. Hired the best offensive coordinator you could find to work with him. And then they made the abrupt change after six games. And then it was time to go. And yes, it was time to go. So this hiring process and approach, George Gotze worked hand-in-hand in the second half of the season with Tua Tungvaloa kind of informal quarterbacks coach. So you're keeping a coach to work with the young quarterback who's already started working with him from a developmental perspective. You're allowing a coach to be more attentive to Tua Tungvaloa by being a passing game coordinator and co-offensive coordinator. And then you're allowing your run game coordinator to focus on the running back situation, the offensive line run block situation, those concepts. You're allowing a greater focus from George Godsey, who's been a quarterback's coach and an NFL play caller uh, for four seasons at the NFL level. Four and a half, if you include what he did this past year in Miami. He's your coach that's working with Tua Tagovailoa. Brian Flores, the coach, makes every decision he makes for trying to win today. So I'm not going to put him through the ringer for tiring Chang Gailey when there was some appeal with that style of system and how it could fit with Tua Tungvaloa. But in Brian Flores' mind, Ryan Fitzpatrick went 5-4 and four as a starting quarterback over the final nine games of the season. He's our current starting quarterback. We think we can compete. Who can I bring in that's going to put us in the best position to be successful? And they won 10 games. And the offense scored 400 points, which it hadn't done in 34 years. And we're sitting here calling this a failed hire? It's a bit egregious to me. Especially when you take into account how many rookies played for the Dolphins. Armando goes on to include uh, Charlie Fries, the fourth quarterbacks coach Brian Flores has hired in three years, and that includes Jim Caldwell, who left suddenly before 2019 because of an illness. So Brian Flores is at fault for hiring Jim Caldwell to be his senior offensive coach that he can delegate to 
and work with his quarterbacks because he didn't have the foresight to tell he was going to have health problems and was unable to coach in 2019? Please, stop it. The NFL playoffs are here, and while the Dolphins are not qualified, it does not mean you cannot still be a winner this winter. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust for all of your online sports bets, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're looking for your classic or daily driver and you're looking for new engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, even new carpet, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy to navigate catalog. And in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. And best of all, Prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Wanted to close the show today talking about One of the nice things about the Super Bowl week, even if your team doesn't play, is with Radio Row, and that's all virtual this year, and all the player availability, not just for the teams that are playing, but like you get this big media tour from players from all around the league. And, uh, of course, Tua Tungvalo underwent kind of his media tour on Monday. Did Dan Patrick and XM, which we talked about on yesterday's show. Uh, There's a player who's playing on Sunday. Uh... Le'Veon Bell, running back, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who spoke yesterday and had some thoughts that I had some thoughts on. You know, he was asked about his decision to sign with Kansas City and and what that looked like. And um, you know, obviously Miami was kind of the runner-up there, and he talked about the dynamics of making the decision with signing with Kansas City versus signing with Miami. And and I'm going to read with you what he said. And then I'm going to tell you what I think. Uh, Dolphins were definitely in the mix, so I was torn between how much of a workload did I actually want versus winning. At the time, after my time with the Jets, I was so focused on winning, I really didn't care about how my production would look. It got so frustrating losing. Nothing wrong there. That sounds selfless. But then he continues... I had already missed three games early in the season. I was going to miss half the games this year. I want to go somewhere where I can still have my body and still help the team win. That's what separated the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Listen to this. I felt like if I went to the Dolphins, I would have done a little more. It's hard even trying to explain it, but it was real close between the Dolphins, Bills, and Chiefs. Um, So Le'Veon Bell... He's gotten 10-plus carries in just two of the nine games that he's played this year for the Chiefs. Um, His objective was to win and still have his body. Then he made the right choice uh, because he's not getting used in Kansas City. He did have an injury for a stretch there, so that impacted his usage as well. But to hear a player say 
you know, I felt like if I went to the Dolphins, I would have done more, but I had to ask myself, how much of a workload did I actually want? That doesn't scream of like playing for the love of the game, right? Brian Flores, this this Dolphins team wants competition. They love want guys that love to compete, love the game, want to show up every day. So if Le'Veon Bell's making business decisions to go out and get wins and and not necessarily to go out and compete, and he doesn't want the ball, then I don't necessarily think he was the fit for the Dolphins that you know perhaps they hoped he would be. So Le'Veon Bell signed a one-year, seven hundred thousand dollar contract with Kansas City. I would expect regardless of his availability, uh, the Dolphins probably don't get back on the phone. And they won't need to. Between young guys that are are hungry and want to play and rookies and the young guys they have on the roster, plenty of ways for the Dolphins to improve their running game without going back to the well uh, for a guy who spurned them for a chance to, to do less and just try to win. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, we're obviously hot off the heels of the, the Godsey and Studsville news uh, that has not been confirmed by the team, at least as of the time of recording this. Uh, but the report is out from ESPN that that is the direction that they're going to choose to go with their coordinators. So we look forward to getting more information on that. Hopefully we hear from them or hear from Brian Flores closer to when the NFL Combine would be. They're probably not obligated to do any media availability the week of the Combine because the Combine is uh, kaputs this year. But nevertheless, um, we will get more information on this decision throughout the coming weeks, and we will be sure to react to all of it as we get more clarity on what the structure itself is going to look like. But I would just caution Dolphins fans, do not fret about the details right now they are well aware you can't have a guy who calls every run play and a different guy who calls every pass play and nobody who's deciding whether to call runs or passes so they'll get the finer points figured out i think this is much more of a benefit from the dolphins from a focus perspective a game planning perspective and a structure perspective uh than maybe the surface level would seem to indicate kyle Krabs signing off thanks as always for listening to locked on dolphins keep it locked in right here all week long i'll talk to you guys again tomorrow